0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime.com Okay, (laughs) Uh, so it's interesting, we just talked about uh, yesterday the parasha, the different signs for a kosher animal, and whatever you think about it, one of the signs is that it chews, it's cut, cut. we talked about it yesterday, so those who are there yesterday, I'm going to repeat it, so please um, ask your indulgence if you were there yesterday. So uh, we know that this, the, these animals who chew the cud they have four stomachs. Wow. Amazing, four stomachs. So, for example, a cow. Right? Imagine, So, a cow, the food goes into the first stomach, it goes into the second stomach, and from the second stomach goes back up in the mouth, and then they re-chew, right? And it goes down into the third stomach, fourth stomach comes out. So what is this, this going to do with kashrut? What is it going to do with kosher? So one of the theories is, because these these animals are very complacent, they're very happy what they have. Why? Because they're always eating. They're <laughs> yeah, fantastic. You know, the Romans would do this, the Greeks and the Romans would do the same thing. They would vomit everything out so they could eat it again. <laughs> I give this way they're always hungry and they're always, always eating. This way they always benefit from the world. So the cows have this benefit that they it's a normal process for them and therefore they're always eating, and they're always happy. And that's a very important trait that we have to try and develop is to be always happy. We always come happy what we have. And the cows are one of the happiest animals. Only problem is they get a lot of gas. So that's why they're mooing all the time. Moo all the time. Um, so it's interesting. That's one of the traits of a kosher animal. That's one of the traits that we have to learn is to be continuously happy. Like the cow. Continuously happy. And how do we do that? How do we? So that's really what we're learning about. And one of the problems today is worries. Worries. How do put, oh, We worry too much. So what do we do with our worries? So this is something I was, I was looking into. And it's not it's not very really part of the book, but there is a little page on it. But I want to develop this, this theme. So we were, do, we were doing one of the classics of uh, Jewish uh, philosophy. And that classic is Bachia Ibn Pakuda. Bachia Ibn Pakuda was one of the first Jewish philosophers who put together a philosophical compilation which discusses various topics. It's called Chovat HaLevavot. It's called Duties of the Heart. And you can buy it today in English. Um, some parts, some sections are very, very complex philosophy, the first few sections. But then he has a section over there about <coughs> trust in God. And we actually did this on Monday nights, a very, very important work about trust in God. And so it's interesting because we know there's a, there's a mitzvah to believe in God. Where do we learn this from? It's the first of the Ten Commandments. <speaking in Hebrew> I'm the Lord your God. We took you out of What does it mean? I'm the Lord your God. And the answer is believe in me. I am the Lord your God. I did this for you. Believe in me now. You, you have to believe in me. But that's that's a very important idea. The idea of knowing there's a God. That's a very very important mitzvah. That's the first mitzvah according to Rambam to know there's a God. Uh, but part of that mitzvah is not just knowing there's a God, but also to believe that God can help me personally. And that's a very important idea. When we say Shema Yisrael, Hashem God is our God. We have to think. Not only is God the Creator, but God is also the interferer. God can interfere with our lives. God can help us in our lives, and that's a very critical idea. We don't focus on enough it is the power of God. I mean, we think about a person thinks about the power of Hashem. You look around in the universe and the universe is not even a, a, fra- a smallest fraction of what God is capable of. So The power of Hashem. So now, if you can harness that power of Hashem and say, listen, Hashem, you're my God, I believe in you, you've got to help me. And we see it right through the Torah the people who believed in God, and they ask God for help, and God comes through, helps them. So that's a very important fundamental to Jewish belief, is not only to know there's a God, but to trust in God to help you. Because God is a personal God. He's not a the Creator walked away, like Einstein says. He's the Creator who interferes and is involved with us. So what we have to do is not just believe in God. We have to believe that God is with us and God can help us. And God is our protector. As David Abimelech says in Psalm 23, Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because you are with me. Hashem is with me all the time. You have to imagine Hashem is holding our hand. We're walking down the road. Hashem is holding our hand. So that's very important. A person does not trust in God. It's very, it's very hard to do anything. You know, it's very hard to go into dangerous areas. Uh, last night, I take my son to Manhattan. I, I don't like driving to Manhattan. But you trust in God, what can you do? You've got to trust in God. You've got to do these things sometimes. So trust in Hashem. That's number one. So trust in Hashem is an amazing remedy for worries. A person who worries is a sign they're not trusting, really trusting Hashem. But it's interesting because we find Sadiqi who did worry. Yaakov Avinu, for example. Yaakov Avinu is going to meet Esav. He's going to meet his brother, right? And he hears his brother is coming with 400 men. Now, why is he coming with 400 men? He's not coming to help him. (laughs) He's not bringing the men for a grand reception. He's bringing the men to (laughs) attack, to fight. So Yaakov is very worried. It says, (laughs) He couldn't sleep that night. So now, what is he worried about? Hashem says, don't worry, Yaakov. I'll look after you. I'll be with you. I'll I'll look after you. You're going to go back and uh, everything's going to be fine. So why is he worried? So Rashi says over there, he's worried not about God, he's worried about himself. Is he worthy of God's help? That's what we have to worry about. That's the trouble. That is the problem. The problem is, we have to be worthy of God's help. However, there is a technique to be, even if you're not worthy. How? By saying all the time, chasdei Hashem. Chasdei Hashem. We're not relying on God's worthiness. We're relying on God's quality of mercy, of kindness that Hashem gives kindness and there's a kindness which is not dependent on worth and that kindness is called grace chen chen right? is a very powerful word it says by Esther but uh, what did she say but, <laughs> he found grace in the eyes of Hashem the rabbis say she was green she wasn't even pretty according to some opinions Sorry, says. she wasn't even pretty but somehow ha- Hashem put into his head that he liked her that's the way he liked women <laughs> Crazy, but that's the way it is. So a person So grace is even a person doesn't deserve it, and that's one of the, the thirteen qualities of God. Kel, Rachum veChanun. Chanun is from the word Chen. Grace. That's grace. Grace is even though a person's not deserving. So a person lives their life and says, "You know, Hashem, I know I don't deserve it." But give me because of your grace. give me because of your kindness. Chesed. So people go around, I know people in Israel who keep on saying, Chasde Hashem, chastei Hashem, it's Hashem. All this is God's kindness. All this is God's kindness. If this is going well with me, it's not because I deserve it. But once a person says, I deserve it, Hashem says, Oh, let's check. Let's check your accounts. It's not good. The Chavad Levavot says, amazing idea over there. He says, No one deserves it. He says, even if we are the most, most worshiping God in the most best possible ways, it's impossible to even pay God back for what he did for us to bring us into this world. It's impossible to pay God back. So the only quality that we have to rely on in God is chastei is the quality of ten, of grace and kindness. That's all we have. So it's very important. So a person should say, you know what, Hashem, I trust in you, not because I'm worthy of it, but please do it because of your grace. Please do it because of your kindness. That's it. So then it's, it's, a, it's fail-safe. That's a fail-safe. And just the act of belief in Hashem, that is the tremendous mitzvah that gives a person the power, so Hashem will answer. It's amazing. Hashem answers even people in the worst situations. Hashem answers. There was a famous king of Judah, It was Jehoiachin. I think it was Yehoiachin. Don't quote me on this. But he was one of the last kings of Judah who was captured by the Babylonians and taken to a dungeon and put into a dungeon. Amazing. And he was the last survivor of the house of David. Come back If he dies, there's no Mashiach. There's no, that's it. The chain is broken. And somehow they persuaded. And he was, he had to do, he was a Baal Teshuvah. He was starting to do shuba in the jail. He was an idol worshiper. He starts to do Teshuvah in the jail. What does a person do in jail? I mean, he's in a dungeon. He's all by himself, solitary confinement in a dungeon, a hole in the ground. They lower the food into the hole. Okay, I don't know how he lived like that. So somehow they persuaded the queen. To speak to her husband, to lower this king's wife into the into the pit so that they, she can get him pregnant and they'll have a child. Come on, think of the scenario. Of the scenario disgusting. Right? So they lower the girl into this into the dungeon, and she happens to become Nida that day. And she tells him, "I'm Nida." What do we do? He said, "I can't touch you." So pull her out again. Couldn't do anything. So, you imagine what Baal Shuba he became. <laughs> Suddenly from Noah to this, and they lower again, and finally, eventually, the, the king dies, whatever. The Vokhareta dies, and they take him out and they raise him up. It's an amazing story. We just show that even in the worst situation, a person prays to God and comes through. It's amazing. It's amazing. It says, the it says, sometimes he would spend the whole day praying. He says, why? He says, because the fila is the thing that causes me to understand the Torah. If I don't pray enough, I find the days I don't pray enough, I don't pray properly, I can't understand what I'm learning. What gives me the power to learn is the tefillah. The person got going to pray, so there's, a, there's a tefillah right here. Before you go into the bed of Midrash, before you go into the, the, the house of learning, a person is going to say tfilah I share. please don't let me make a mistake in the halakha. Please let my friends, my chavruta, be happy with me. Because <laughs> if he's not happy with me, I'm going to be able to live with him. <laughs> so interesting in prayer before you go in, and there's a tefillah when you come out. Thank you, Hashem, for putting my lot in the people who sit in the house of learning and a lot of people who sit in the street corners. You go in Highland Park, a lot of people are in the street corners in the summertime. There's pinots, they sit outside and, you know, it looks very good. Uh, but we have to understand we're, we're in a better position. We're in the house of God. We're talking about the Torah. It's amazing. So that's a very important idea. The idea of trust in Hashem. And not just trust in Hashem, trust in Hashem's. Ability to overlook our misdeeds, overlook our lack of merits uh, through the traits of kindness and through the traits of grace. Very, very important ideas. And uh, that's why the tefillah of Chana, Chana comes with hen. Her name itself was grace. What's your name? Grace. Chana. Beautiful. It's a beautiful name. And she attracted grace of her husband and she also attracted the grace of Hashem. Through her tefillah, through her entreaties, she got... Uh, there's a beautiful Gemma in Brachot which discusses her prayers to God. Some of the prayers to God were pretty chutzpahic. She had uh, chutzpah to pray in a way, you know, Hashem, why do you create a womb of a woman if, if I don't have any children? What's the use of the? Of the it's uh, the parts are not working. You create these parts. Why don't they? Why don't you provide a child to make these parts uh, have some kind of purpose? So uh, amazing, but that's grace. A person has got to pray through grace, even though I don't. This, uh, I don't. Uh, it, I don't get to that level where I deserve it, please give it to me anyway. It's because of your grace, because of your kindness. So, chasdeh Hashem, saying all the time, chasdeh Hashem, chasdeh Hashem, has Hashem. It's beautiful weather outside, so the guy says, chasdeh Hashem. It's kindness of God. Kindness of God. I'm doing well today, how are you doing? Chasdeh Hashem, I'm doing well, chasdeh Hashem. It's all kindness of God, we have to realize. Everything we get is all God's kindness. It's tremendous kindness. So to build up our trust in God, a person who really has trust in God will never worry. So worry is a sign, is a symptom of a lack of trust. Unfortunately. Yeah, but it's human nature. It's human nature, exactly. The Yetzirah is part of the human nature. Mm -hmm. That's something which uh, the rabbis had a big problem with. and They tried to abort. They tried to destroy it. Remember the time when they rebuilt the second temple? We talked about it. For those who were here one time, we talked about the which says the rabbis prayed to remove the evil inclination. Mm -hmm. And they were successful to remove the evil inclination of idolatry. They destroy the evil nature of idolatry. So therefore, it's not, for us, it's not so desirable today to go and bow down to an idol. We can't even understand this concept of making an idol and, and worshiping the idol. Yeah, but at one time... We worship money. That's the kind of idol. No, oh, we need money. I don't think we worship money. We need the money. So to worship money means I will not even spend the money. That's what it means. It's so holy, I wouldn't even spend it. I'm going to lock it up. And, oh. That's a miser. That's okay. worshipping money. The miser worships money to the point where he won't even use the money. We need the money. It's a, it's a tool. Money is not something to be frowned on. In Judaism, we don't frown on money. Money is a very important. It's mm-hmm. maqsit shekel Hashem shows him this silver coin in fire. Money is a tool to be used like any other tool. Everything we have are tools. We can use the tool for good. We can use the tool for bad. If a person goes and squanders his money on gambling and drinking and this and that, obviously the money is bad for him. That person should, he should give his money to someone who can use it look better, mm-hmm. who look after it better for him. <laughs> so the money can also be a curse. And the trust fund kids that they go and they squander their money and they're 25 years old, they're committing suicide already. They don't want to do it themselves. So yes, money is a tool. It can be used for good, it can be used for bad. But money itself is not evil. It's the root of evil. What does it mean it's the root of evil? So it's interesting, Midrash, we talked about yesterday, how Moshe Rabbeinu defends the Jewish people from the sin of the golden calf. He says, God, he says, you gave them so much gold and silver, what do you expect them to do? <laughs> <laughs> and the Torah says also, yeshurun vayivat. the Jews will get fat, they'll get wealthy, they'll kick Hashem. They'll build the golden calves, which the... The King Jeroboam, the first king of Israel, does too. Anyway, so it's important. Trust in Hashem. It's it's part of human nature. To worry is part of human nature. It's not something which is bad. It's natural. It's a natural thing. But that's where Jews, so what do we do? We take nature and try and fight nature. Mm -hmm. We're trying to fight nature and elevate nature. That's the whole purpose of Judaism is the discipline. We talked about yesterday, Kashrut, the whole thing of Kashrut is discipline. The sons of Aaron, even the Mishkan, there's discipline. You can't just do whatever you want. You can't just bring whatever korban you want. You can't just bring whatever fire you want. (laughs) Everything is structured. Structure is very, very critical. Success in life is built on structure. So worries also is unstructured. Why? Because just when you don't want to worry, you're busy doing something, the worry comes into your head. So now, what's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to di- the worry is going to divert me from my life. I'm going to be so focused on that worry, I can't do anything. It's going to take over my my, my, my mind. It's going to take over my life. And that's the fight. That's the internal battle all the time. We have an internal battle all this time. So both going to realize, number one is, the worry is coming from the evil side. It's not coming from the good side. If it's a worry, did I do the mitzvah properly? It may be coming from the good side, or it could be OCD. A lot of people today have OCD. person going got to know, if they keep doing the thing, they keep going back to the Mizuza and kissing it three, four times, they have OCD. It's OCD. They're going to get treatment. The only trouble is, if you go to an irreligious psychologist, they may treat you to the point where the mitzvah is not important anymore. Had someone in the shul. She used to go to the community of Mizuza. She's a young girl. So they took her to the psychologist. In the end, she didn't care about the Mizuza. Got to the point where <laughs> she stopped kissing it completely. <laughs> that's, that's the opposite, you know. A got to be balanced. We need to be balanced. The main thing is to be normal and balanced. We have to try our best to be normal and balanced within the context of the Torah. So the Torah is trying to refine us. The Torah is trying to improve us. The Torah is trying to improve us with the discipline, with structure. So trust in Hashem is number one, and it's a natural thing to be worried. A natural thing to worry. We're all worried. And you know what, in our lives we go through periods where everything's going well and everything is fine, Hashem is shining His face on us, and that's the Brickat Kohanim, right? Yisar Hashem Panabelecha, Michoneka, Hashem is shining His face on us, He's giving us a lot of grace, and we have times in our lives where we have problems. Hasver Shalom, we never have problems. Sometimes they're financial problems, sometimes they're medical problems, everyone has problems, everyone has their own burden of problems. Sometimes we worry about our kids, you know, everyone knows the story, you know, the three women in, on, the, on the bench in Florida, and one says, oi, and the other says, oi, 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 and the other one says, oi, 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 and they look at each other and said, I thought we decided we're not going to talk about our kids today. <laughs> so they talk about the kids. So everyone has the problem. So what do we do about it? So there's a beautiful pasuk, beautiful verse in Mishlei. Shlomo Amalek gives us advice. This is free advice. You can go and pick up the book and get free advice. Amazing, from the smartest guy in the world. You get free advice. Where do you get free advice for you? Today you've got to pay. How much do you have to pay? $150 an hour? What is it? I don't know. $100 an hour, if you like it. That's why people come to the rabbis. It's free. <laughs> it's free advice. You, you don't have to go to the rabbi. Go to pick up Shlomo Belach Mishle. You get, up the, you get free advice for life. It's free advice. There's a beautiful verse over there. It's a Mishle 12, verse 25. Mishle 12, verse 25. Shlomo Belach tells us how to deal with worries ba ish ish If you have a worry in your heart We're going to talk about that And something yeah, So ish comes with Siach Siach is to have a conversation Right Yesichenah has got two meetings We're going to see the G'mon going to have two meetings The literal meaning is For the word Siach Which is to talk Talk it over with someone You have worry in your heart Talk it over with someone Huh? So Mishlei is not. So that's why people, people go spend the you can, and yeah. it over to <laughs> therapists. Yeah, the question is, who do you talk to? That's the question. Okay, so we have to talk about that. We have to talk about who to talk about, who to talk to. Okay, So number one is a person has a worry in their heart. Shlomo Melach says in Mishlei chapter twelve, verse twenty-five, talk it out. But that's one opinion. We're going to talk about the other opinion. Davar tov and with something good make yourself happy. So there's two different uh, ideas in this verse. Amazing, this fasuk is so loaded. There's two different verses. First of all, let's go to to explain this verse. Number one is (laughs) to talk to someone, talk it over with someone this worry. And by talking to someone and making someone else your partner in this, you can make the worry go away a little bit. Two minds, what is it called? The power of of uh, unified minds the more minds thinking about a certain problem it's much easier to solve you know in those days when they had small computers they had to join them up together and make one big computer, a supercomputer by joining up small computers you can make one big supercomputer by joining up people's minds, let's put our minds together and think about the solution to this problem so instead of one person worrying about it you get two people worrying about it you have five people worrying about it so it's very important to join other people other people's minds together so by joining someone else in the worry Maybe there'll be a solution to the worry. That's number one. Number two, and then he says, "Divert your mind's attention to something good." So number one is talk it through. This is a little. I'm just giving it a little shout. We we'll go to the Gemara. Number one is to talk it through, and number two is divert your mind with good things. Think about the positives in your life. You know, I had, before Pesach, I had a terrible confrontation with a couple. They're fighting with each other all the time. So I get a I get a text from my, the woman, she says, da, 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 speak to my husband ba, 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 otherwise I don't want him back in the house. Ba, da, 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 da. So I tell her, please give me a list of his positive qualities. She says, No, I'm not even gonna talk about his positive qualities. Right now, he's all negative to me. <laughs> that's, thing, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy, right? But that's what life is like now. People don't want to go talk things through. It gets to the point where it's get to the point where you're fed up already. So that's it. Anyway, so that's but, but a person's got to know there's a lot of good in a person's life even when there's bad there's also a lot of good and that's the trouble is when people think there's bad they just focus on the bad and they think everything is black everything in my life is black wrong rubbish it's garbage that's not the way a person should think there's always positives and always negatives Hashem doesn't give a person darkness completely if there is darkness completely a person can't see the other side of it because to, even if they, physically everything is black spiritually everything may be light we don't really see the, physical, the spiritual side. The person just sees the darkness of the physical side, we don't see the spiritual light ahead of us. If we could only see that spiritual light, we wouldn't worry about anything. We can't see that spiritual light. Wouldn't it be a good idea, Rabbi, <clears throat> like even that couple, when you see Zoros coming, to, to try to discuss it beforehand, before it gets yeah, really bad? Yeah, but they've been married for many years, they're going through the same cycles every time. It's getting worse and worse. The cycles are getting to crescendos now. they're not getting smaller instead of they're getting bigger, so that's a problem. Okay. The trouble is they should both take a step back and not be so pressured. The pressure of life is tremendous in America, in the northeast at least. This is the worst place for pressure, for the rat race, the rat race over here. The The northeast is the worst place for all these things. There's a lot of illnesses associated with pressure today. Uh, The stress of living, just the stress of living in the northeast (laughs) is tremendous. So... So, people are under stress. The guy gets up early in the morning, he runs to Manhattan, and then he comes home and she expects him to do this because she's also working late. Uh, tremendous pressure, both of them. So, of course, they're going to erupt. Once in a while, they're wrapped. And we're better time to erupt before Pesach when it was really busy? <laughs> that's when people erupt. When do people erupt? Fridays. Some people are wrapped on Shabbat itself because they're still trying to get the pressure out. It's terrible. It's terrible. Because the day when people should be together and be happy together, that's, when days, that's the only days they see each other to fight. It's tragic. So then, uh, but uh, a person could use their time wisely and not got to hold back. It says, what, is it, what does Shlomo Melech say? He says, uh, quiet answer, you can turn aside anger. A quiet answer can turn aside anger. So the other party's hot, just by being calm, you can s- slow them down sometimes. They see your calm, they'll say, oh, if he's calm, why are going to get angry? So, But to reply with anger is is the worst thing. Then you cause a conflagration. But it's very hard to be the one to calm things down. Because you get and you want to give back. The natural instincts give back. Anyway, let's move on. That's not our topic. Our topic is how to deal with worries. So number one is talk it over with someone. That's a literal explanation. The second is find something good for the mind to think about. Divert the mind's attention. Works fantastically with kids. Mm -hmm. This works amazingly with kids. The kid is crying and then you tell him something... Out of the, And he says, like, what? What's that going to do with my crying? You know, he just completely forgets about what he's crying about <laughs> and starts thinking about this. And he, you see the mind straight away is diverted to something else. So adults is not so easy. But we have to learn techniques to divert our mind away from our worries. We have to learn techniques. Just focus on the positive. A person's got to focus on the, on the positive and lights in their life, not the darkness in their life, the lights in their life. There's always something good going on in their lives. A person has got to find it. Sometimes we said there's nothing good physically, but it may be good spiritually going on. So a person's going to try and find that light in their life. Ne'er <speaking in Hebrew> l'ragli making him a very famous song when I was at least in yeshiva. Ne'er <speaking in> d'varecha, <Hebrew> David Amalekh says. Ne'er raglid d'varecha. Your words are candles to my feet, Hashem. So where's the light in my life? David Amalekh said, light in my life is your words, Hashem. Your Torah is my light in my life. It's amazing. So the person says, "You know, I have no light in my life." Well, make God's Torah your light in your life. How many people, when they're suffering in the ghettos, whatever, you see? Look at the Barbanel. We just talked about him and whoever he is on, on Pesach. Amazing. He's being thrown out of Spain. What is he doing? He's writing commentaries on the Nach. Petiply mask. But it, how did he do that? He lost everything he had twice. He lost everything he had. He's multimillionaire. He lost all his money in Portugal. He moves to Spain. He makes it back again. He loses it again. And you know, he said, the reason why I lost it must be because I'm not spending enough time learning Torah. So he starts writing all his commentaries. Thank God we have, where are those commentaries? There, you see on top of the shelf, you see over there, all those red books. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Amazing, that's the Baba Nails. Commentaries written under tremendous, someone else would go out of their mind. And he's writing commentaries. Why? Because his only salvation, his only light in his life was God's Torah. Pshh, diverted his mind totally. Start thinking about the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah. It's very fascinating. So, why well, problems? Look at their problems. <laughs> <laughs> they cause problems more than they have. Some of them were pro- big problems. So, uh, interesting. So, so, think about the positives. Think about the positives. So now the rabbis in the Gemara disc- discuss this verse. And they have a big discussion over there. Two great rabbis, Rav Ami and Rav Asi. Rav Ami and Rav Asi, if you look, where are they buried? Anyone know? Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi, were buried in Tiveria, right next to the tomb of the Rambam. Rabbi <coughs> Rambam is over there, you see Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Zakai is over there, Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi, all these greats in the same location. So when you re- visit the Rambam, you're not just visiting the Rambam, also his father's meant to be there as well. The Rambam's father, Maimonides, Maimon, uh, Maimon, rabbi Maimon he was a Dayan who taught his son. The Dayan, he was a student of Rimagash, a very big uh, rabbi who was a student of uh, Rabbi Yitzhak Alfasi, the Rif, Rabbi was all these lights, amazing, and they're all buried over there. Amazing, beautiful place to go. For oh, the fila, if you're not a kohen, if you're a kohen, you can't go there. But, uh, if you're not a kohen, you should go visit the Rambam. I, I try and go every year to see the Rambam. My inspiration. It's all The light. He's a light. His learning was a light to, to the world. And Rabbi I mean he's buried right there. And they say, okay, so now they're, tr- they're baffled by this pasuk. What is Shlomo Mera saying? ishi What's yisikhena? Yisikhena doesn't mean to talk about it, which we said it was. That's a pasha. So one of them says Yesichina means get it out of your mind. It means get it out of your mind. And others, the other one says talk to other people about it. So there's two opinions. What does Yesichina mean? Yesichina means get it out of your mind. So you have a stop. In your, in your head you should have a traffic light. Red and green, right? <laughs> we try and use this in classrooms as well. Red behavior and green behavior, right? Huh? Great. Use this as well? No, I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea, right. So, person should think. imagine a person has a thought in their mind, and, and that's the way it should be. In Jewish law, we have mitzvah in the Torah. Lot Arturu. It's very hard. Lot Arturu, Don't go after your heart and your eyes, which means don't go after. Control your head. Control your mind. Mm-hmm. How can you control your mind? Boy, that's a tremendous technique. Composite should have a traffic light in the head. Red. I don't think these thoughts. Sorry. got to get it out of my head. I can't continue down that path. It's a red light over there. So worries. One opinion says, get out of your head. Stop it straight away. The other opinion says, we don't expect people to be on that level. That's a very high level. Shlomo Amir is talking to the man on the street. And therefore he says, talk it out with someone. We can't expect you to stop the worries. And sometimes it's not good to stop a worry. Why? Because sometimes you need to deal with the situation. You stop the worry, so there's bad worry and there's good worry. Good worry is thinking about how to overcome a situation, that's a good worry. But even then, you, it's better to have two heads than one. A bad worry is, there's no point, it's, fi, it's finished already, just think worry about the past. It's in the past already, but I'm worrying about it, I'm worrying about it. I wish I did something better, I wish I said that was better. But that's teshuvah, so a person does teshuvah, and says, God, I'm sorry, I'll do better next time, and that's it. You know, just don't keep worrying about hopping on the past, and you go crazy, you drive yourself nuts. So it's uh, interesting, two different techniques to deal with worries. One is a stop sign, get it out of your mind. And the other technique is talk it over with someone. Talk it over with someone. Interesting, Gemara. So, Gemara Yuma. So, when a person talks it over with someone, the, the worry is going to be controlled. Why? So, number one is because the other person will put the worry into perspective. When a person's in their worry mode, they lose perspective of that worry. It's going to eat me up. It's going to... Do, 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 do. All of a sudden, you talk to a lawyer, talk to an accountant, and they'll say, hey, there's a way out of this. Until you find that right person, though. It's, same thing with, with medical issues. Till you find the right doctor. It's very hard. You can go to all these doctors. Some of them don't know anything about anything. Or they don't have time to worry about it. They don't find the best remedy for you. They don't care about you. They'll give you something generic, uh, which, uh, I don't know. I'll give you an aspirin. Take two tablets. That's why Hashem said to Moshe, you have a headache, take two tablets, see you in 40 days. I'm just joking. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. The people are troubling you, two tablets, and come back in 40 days. Uh, I'm just joking. Okay. But uh, Hashem is not generic. Hashem gives uh, each one their own cure. Each one has their own particular cure. Each one has their own particular life. Each one has their own problems, which we need for our tikkun. Every single person needs their own problems for own tikkun. And uh, that's the way a person should view the spouse this Hashem gave me for my tikkun, whatever I need. Somehow this is going to be my tikkun. My children, definitely a tikkun. <laughs> <laughs> and grandchildren, that's the best part of it. Okay, hopefully. All right, so that's the best. Okay. So either remove the worry from your head, which takes a tremendous amount of willpower, mind over matter, really, but the total control of their head. Amazing. If we can get to that level of total control of their head or their thoughts, that's a very high level. And how do we do it? The answer is, if you can't do something, you usually don't think about it. Usually. That's what the uh, Seferachinuch says. If you can't do it, that's what the Torah says, do this and don't do this. It's telling you, if you, do, if you have to do this, I have to, do, I have to keep Pesach. So now, two, three weeks before, a month before, people are planning already. Now, the, what is their thoughts full of? A mitzvah. Amazing. Amazing idea. Thoughts are full of a mitzvah. I've got to prepare for Pesach. So even, or you've got Shabbat coming up. Baruch Hashem, you know, person's thoughts now are focused on something good. It's amazing. Amazing way to control the mind. Hashem is controlling our mind. So Hashem says, why are we thinking these thoughts? Well, I, I couldn't think these thoughts. I was thinking about Shabbat. I'm preparing for Shabbat now. I don't have these thoughts. It's an amazing concept. And by not being able to do certain things, the person doesn't even think about it. If I can't do it, what's the point? There's no point in just thinking about it. right? Um, nevertheless, the Yitzhak the tells you, think about it, you think about it, you try and think about it. Okay. So we have to try and control those thoughts. So that's the first opinion is, remove the thoughts of worry from your head. How do you do that? And the answer is, there's a God. I don't have to worry. My Father in Heaven will look after me. It's a very high level. But again, it's going to be practical as well. So a person did all their precautions, did all their practical stuff, and they're still worried. That's a problem. And that's so hard to conquer. That's why a person needs to have faith. I did all my, I prepared all my material, I did all my hishtalut, and I'm still worried. A says, why are you worried? Don't you rely on me? Aren't I going to look after you? Of course I am. So why are you worried? So don't worry. So you did your loot that's all you have to do. That's your worry. Your worry is, I did my hishtalut, that's it. And number two is, go and ask people for advice. Go what? Ask people for advice. Two heads are better than one. And if they give you good advice, that will comfort you. That will ha- make you happy. The good advice will make you happy. So it's very important. There's always someone in the world that has some advice, which no one else has. They give you advice. It's good to go around, Going to this person, that person. Depends who you ask to. Right. Of course you have to know who you're asking. You have to know who There's expertise. You have to go to someone with the expertise. I knew someone who has a very big tax tax problem. He went to this account, that account. Until one account says, go to this tax lawyer, he's very, very good. He handles this issue. And the guy gave him a tremendous advice. He saves hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Which he was so worried about, he couldn't sleep at night. He was going to eat up all his finances. So you just have to find that right person, same with medical issues. But so you find the right person, there's institutions, organizations in Israel where the guys, i don't know—he's a Hasid, but he tells you where which doctor is that handles that situation anywhere in the world. He'll tell you which doctor is the best in that area, top of the area. And he sends Israelis here. See, Israelis come to Somerset. There's, there's this—they uh, have a neutron, uh, I know, some kind of radiation which they don't have in Israel, and he'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you where to go in the world to get the treatment. Amazing. So there's always a cure somewhere. you just got to find the cure. Until you find the cure, that's the problem. Looking for the cure is such a problem. That's the problem. And today there's no new new drugs coming on the market. It's amazing what they can do today. just very expensive. All right. So if you talk to someone and they give you good advice, obviously it's going to comfort you. Even if they can't give you good advice, just getting things off your chest. That's where psychologists come in. coming. Now you want someone, you hire someone to take off your, you know the story of the guy who in New York, he puts a gun to his, he mugs someone, he says, So the guy says, what do you want? You want my money, my wallet? He says, no, I just need someone to talk to. (laughs) That's what it takes today, to get someone to talk to. It's sad. No one stops, no one waits, no one has the patience to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry, i got to go. I have something to do, I can't. So just talking things over will get the anxiety off one's chest. That's amazing. It's an amazing concept, just speaking it through. So just hearing getting the empathy. That's what people want. People want empathy. Someone to understand their problems. That's why it's so important to have a spouse. And it's also important not to overburden the spouse. Everything's got to be in proportion. Because usually what happens, we blow up our worries in our heads. We blow it up. And it gets over. Something becomes a phobia. I can't go into an aeroplane. How many people today? I can't, I don't travel by plane. I don't travel by boat. I have this phobia. I, can't, I don't go in elevators. I don't. What are you going to do? are you going to cross the street? It's... Uh, <laughs> So a person has to have trust in God and put everything in proportion. So you start looking at statistics. <laughs> and you see, the statistics are, there's less people die in airplanes than they die in the roads. It's, it's crazy, the statistics. So, so a person should say, I won't go in a car, well, I am going go in an airplane. airplane's no problem, but the car's a problem. So anyway, so a person, sometimes we lose track of things. We lose every proportion. Therefore, by talking it over with someone else, we can get back proportion. So that's interesting. And sometimes just the empathy someone cares is enough and that's why a person needs friends and relatives good friends and, and relatives um, so it's interesting there's a halakha in Shulchan Aruch oh, this is brought down by the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch Haim which is interesting which, which really reads out refach, which is uh, healing Rufua, right? so so he says the Ramah says over here you're allowed to cry on Shabbat of some problem if it makes you feel better the crying makes you feel better Normally well, a person allowed to cry on Shabbat. But if you know when you cry you feel better, it's gonna make you feel better, you're allowed to have Shabbat because it becomes an awning for you. The crying becomes pleasure. Very strange, right? Some people they like to cry, so they cry, they're allowed to cry on Shabbat. That's we say if it's gonna if it's gonna make you feel better, you're allowed to cry on Shabbat. It's basic. And there's another halakha, which is interesting, is a person loses a relative, they're not allowed to rip their clothes on Shabbat. Now, ripping clothes on Shabbat is a law from the rabbis, the rabbinical law. Because you're not creating, you're destroying. Destroying a wanton destruction is, is forbidden from the rabbis. But here the Rambam says it's creation. Why? Because by ripping your clothes, you're fixing your mourning. You're fixing your of mind. You feel better. So if he says, since ripping is for the sake of fixing, it's not allowed, it's from the Torah. It's breaking Torah law. Uh, it's interesting. But anyway, crying is not, you're not doing anything. It's just crying. So there's no Torah law involved. They're just taking away the spirit of Shabbat. But it's going to make you happy. You're allowed to, Al if they crying it's going to make you happy. So, I know, I'm talking to women, so I guess, I don't know. All right. That's what women do, right? I don't know. Yeah. That's what I see. Okay. Um, but a person should try and be happy without... Because you're happy. Yeah. Right. That's, huh? Happiness can make you cry. I know. That's it. I know. That's what I see. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that kind of happiness is great. You're allowed to cry on Shabbat. It's going to make you happy. Or it's part of happiness. So, that is pleasure. That is a pleasure. And, and through that, a person removes the pain in the side. Okay. And then we move to the next part of the passage. Rashi says, something good will make you happy. What is that something good? Rashi says, learn Torah. Torah, learn Torah. And that will make you happy from your worries. We talked about the Barbanel. Amazing. But that's true about Jews through history. You see, in the, the blackest periods, Rashi and Tosfot, they lived during the massacres of the Crusades. We can't even imagine how many... I don't know how the Ashkenazim survived. You know how the Ashkenazim survived? Anyone know how the Ashkenazim survived? Besides what God did for them? The Sfardim moved to Ashkenazi countries. The what? The, Sephardim the Sephardim. moved to Ashkenazi countries. <laughs> That's how the Ashkenazim survived. Because the Sfardim moved to Ashkenazi countries, became Ashkenazim. People don't realize. The vast majority of Ashkenazim are from Sfardim. are from the Sfardim who moved from Spain in 1492. Where did they go? A lot of them moved to Hamburg. Hamburg was the main city of Moranos. Marana, that was the biggest city of Marana So they moved to Eastern How come Europe. Was huh? How come Hamburg, Germany was Hamburg, Germany? Marana? Yeah, where the where the Jews from Spain run? Where could they go? So wherever they could find freedom of worship. Which you couldn't find in France, you couldn't find in Portugal, you couldn't find right. maybe parts of Italy, but Germany. They ran to Germany. Yeah. A lot of them ran to Germany. Hard to find a place. Hard to find a place to go. Jews on the Rhine, it's very hard to find. Thank God we have Israel today a billion times. Thank God. A big blessing. We have a big blessing. Any Jew can go, you get citizenship. It's amazing. Yes. It's, a mir- it's a miracle. It's a miracle. So we better go before they change the law. <laughs> <laughs> before they get uh, restrictive, uh, that seems to be policy today, stop immigration, right? So we better move to Israel. Get your passport before they stop immigration. <laughs> okay. So, Rashi says, learn torah. Think of something good. What is that something good, learn torah"? Yeah. Amazing. That's, that's how these guys survive. You look at how Rashi has survived. I don't know. He himself. The massacres started around his time. They killed off thousands and thousands. You see, great rabbis were killed in the massacres. The Crusades were murderers. They're murderers. They came through on the way to the Holy Land. And then who are the biggest enemies? The Jews. They killed the Jews on the way. They just, just wiped out. Whole towns of Jews. Whole towns of Jews. In those days, how many Jews in Ashkenaz? There were like, I don't know, 400,000, 40,000 Jews in Ashkenaz. The whole of Ashkenaz, 40,000 Jews. They killed half of them. So, by learning Torah, it says, it will make a person happy. Beautiful idea, concept, what a concept. Just thinking to the Torah. And it will stop the worries. So, learning Torah, it makes the heart happy. And with the strength of the Torah, it... Heals all damages of the mind. And that's what uh, David Amrach says in Tehillim, Psalm number 18, verse 8 to 9. Torah Hashem Temima, which became a song again. Hasidic song. Torah Hashem Temima. sure everyone knows this song. Torah Hashem is Temima. It's perfect. The Torah of God is perfect. Meshivat nafish; It brings a person's soul back. Edut Hashem And the, the, the laws of God are trustworthy and they make a fool smart. I've seen that. I've seen people go to yeshiva who were real duds in school, and <laughs> well, some of these guys are brilliant. I tell you, one of the most brilliant guys I know. He was he was in the lowest level of math, fourth level of math. You know, in, the, in my school it was Hasbunia uh, in London. It was one of the best schools in London, but they had four levels of math. I mean, I don't know how they got. <laughs> they had kids who were really the fourth level of math. They didn't learn math. They played piano. That's how bad it was. I mean, the, kid, the, the teacher just gave up on them. He was playing piano with him. It was like, uh, so he was in the fourth level of math, and in Yeshiva, he was like a genius. The, the Gemara changed his head. It, changed, it rewired his brain. It's amazing. So Machima peti, literally, it can make us a fool smart. The, the Torah of God can make a fool smart. amazing. So that's what Rashi says. Rashi's advice is, think of something good. What's better to think about than Torah? That's in Rashi's world. That was Rashi, Rashi. The greatest the Ashkenazi rabbi there was, Rashi, was the greatest man. In his world, happiness is associated with Torah. It's amazing. If you associate Torah with happiness, you're going to be learning Torah all day. <laughs> trouble is, people today don't associate, and that's the trouble with the schools. We have to make the kids associate Torah with happiness. And that's the hard part. Because then Torah becomes a grind, and that's the problem. So even going to Yeshiva is not going to help you. If you think Torah is a grind, and you come out of Yeshiva, Yeshiva education does not help you one bit, it just may have kept you out of worse. Mischief, <laughs> but uh, the idea of the of the yeshiva, even if they teach less, but they make it fun, and then the person grows up with the idea Torah is fun. It's very important to inculcate Torah is fun. That's that's very important. It is fun, and that's what Rashi says. He said it's it makes a person happy. It raises a person's soul. That's right Happiness is not what you get. Happiness is the raising of the internal soul. That's really the truth. And that's why a lot of people, they can't find happiness. They have this and they have that, but they can't find happiness. Why is the happiness so elusive? The answer is we're looking in the wrong places. Happiness is not something physical, materialist. It is a spiritual feeling inside, of satisfaction of purpose in the world. Okay. Beautiful. We nearly finished. Okay. So I I really did half a page. Okay, good. It's fantastic. Okay. So now, let's just recap what we talked about. Number one. Every person. There's no such thing as a person from children to adults who don't have any worries. Children usually their worries are very minor. Minor, but sometimes they can make big things out of small things. Uh, they get in trouble in school; it becomes like a major thing. Someone, you know, teacher wrote the name on the on the board because they weren't behaving. It becomes like a massive thing in their eyes. Everything's out of perspective, and the, and then the parents take their side, and the parents blow it up even worse. Instead of parents minimizing it, they maximize it, and they start fighting also with the school. So children, sometimes small things. And you know the story of uh, little Moshele. He went on his uh, play date. So he was away all night. You know, and his mother calls him on Sunday morning. She says, how did it go, Moshele? So Moshele says, it's fantastic, only one problem. I broke a vase. We were playing ball in the room and the vase, this beautiful vase broke. So Moshele, oh, Moshele, how much does it cost? We have to pay Mrs. Uh, What's-her-Name and we'll pay her. How much does it cost? He says, mommy, don't worry. says, you don't have to pay anything. Why? Because uh, she said it's irreplaceable. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay, we're going to stop here. We'll continue next week with uh, you. Bezra you. you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.